sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing great. Feels good. It's Saturday. Sorry, guys. I didn't get this out to you a little earlier in the week. I apologize. Things have happened. That little tiny thing we call life. Yes, life got in the way again. So this is coming out to you on a Saturday instead of a Tuesday. And next week, uh, Bad Boys, which is the next movie that will be coming to you. That's the Will Smith, Martin Lawrence uh, Bad Boys, the one that I flip and love. I just love Bad Boys 1 and 2, which I know there's a lot of haters on number 2. But we'll deal with you haters when we get to that episode. But uh, that's going to be coming to you uh, next week. And that won't be out on Tuesday. That will also be coming out either late Friday night or Saturday. I uh, got some things going on with family stuff during the week. And I can't record so that will be coming out to you. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, Mike, we got the Sweep Delay podcast intro. And, you know, I'm used to the intros you do where you take the movies and music and put it together and do all these awesome intros. Because, you know, that's what I keep hearing that you're loving the intros. But you just got the normal song and you're like, okay, what's up with the cover? And I know you probably didn't ask that, but you may have actually wondered for those of you who are. I know I didn't create uh, create uh, an intro, and I know I didn't create an um, you know album art cover for this episode, just because Return to Oz is uh, not really a humongous movie that everybody has seen. So I know only a few of you out there are actually going to be listening to this episode. So that's why I really didn't do it because it you know it takes a lot of time to create those intros and to create the artwork, and I want to get this episode out to you as fast as possible and that would just take way too much time out of my hands plus i gotta go see the avengers in a couple of hours so i gotta get this recorded i gotta get this edited and be able to post it to you today so you have some uh, new podcasts to listen to tomorrow or during the weekend so that's why that did not come in and as i said before i i really take special movies that i do that for uh, and you know, it's got usually it's got to have a really good song in the movie that I use uh, to put in the clips and stuff like that. And, and I I love that's one of my favorite things to do is just putting the intros together and then figuring out what kind of artwork I want to do for the episode. So it's good, it's good, man. I'm I'm having a blast with that. It's fun times, and uh, I'm very excited. We got a new iTunes review, so good. Uh, we got some uh, got some emails on this episode, surprisingly. And uh, and see if my feelings have changed on Return to Oz since I haven't seen it as a kid. But uh, this is going to be kind of a shorter episode, not going to be too long. I don't have a whole lot to say on this one, so I'm just going to kind of keep things short and sweet with movie and music news and TV news and then just the movie news or just the movie review. I'm just going to just kind of make this a smaller, shorter episode and uh, and just move on. So let's get rolling right into movie and music news.
How to put on a pretty perfection I hide backstage, keep the curtains closed Cause I'm scared, I'm scared I'm getting pretty good at feeding them the lies they like But I don't recognize the girl that I face each night I can compromise till I'm convinced it's All right, so first bit of news this week in regards to movie news. So I think I may have to swallow my words because on the last episode, which the last episode was The Avengers, I said for sure my thought process is that Dark Knight is going to be the number one movie of the year followed by Avengers. However, The Avengers is the... uh, The Avengers is the fastest ever to reach $400 million domestically. It's already hit like a billion dollars. I'm pretty sure if it hasn't already, it's pretty flipping close to uh, demolishing the Dark Knight record. I mean, records are made to be broken. That shouldn't be a surprise. But I'm kind of wondering myself if uh, Dark Knight will do it. But here's, here's my personal opinion on it. Really, I don't care. Because of the fact, I just want a good movie. I want an excellent, awesome Batman movie. You know, I could care less. I mean, think about it. A lot of people, you know, I admit that I love the Transformers movies, but they're really not very good. And they make a crap load of money. I mean, the third one made like a billion dollars. But, you know, I want a movie to be, you know, to be awesome. So, you know, and the Avengers is awesome. So for me... If the two biggest movies of the year are comic book movies and number one happens to be The Avengers, I'm not going to complain. I'm totally cool with that. So, um, I'm actually interested to see how this is going to turn out, man. I really, really am. I'm very excited to see how this is going to play out. Uh, I saw the Spider-Man 3, or not Spider-Man 3, I saw the third Amazing Spider-Man trailer. Uh, I never actually watched the first two, but I watched the third one and I got really pumped up and excited for it. And I can't actually wait to go see it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty pumped. But, uh, yeah, that, that's it for Avengers. It, uh, it's killing at the box office. And I'm going to go see it again. And, you know, repeat, re- repeat viewings are what really helps to obviously make the money. Now, other interesting news. Ryan Reynolds is actually the front runner for the new Highlander uh, reboot that they're doing. Now... Uh, it's unclear whether an actual offer has been made to Ryan Reynolds, but uh, sources to uh, Variety Magazine, which is the one that actually put this information out there, is that both sides are in talks and are very interested in working together. So uh, Ryan Reynolds is the new Highlander. How do you feel about that? Uh, Dwayne Johnson is going to be the new Hercules. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, he actually is starting Fast 6 uh, next week, and then after Fast 6 ends... He's going to go on to start making Hercules, so we shall see. Now, I finally saw Haywire. Um, Now, Gina Carano, I am a new fan. Love this girl. Uh, She is my new favorite ass kicker by far. She's awesome. I love her. Uh, The movie I I I reviewed on the Facebook page, I only gave it like a three star. Um, It's just the movie was very, very slow for me. The action scenes were amazing. I hated the ending. Uh, I was really, I was hoping for it to be better than what it was. 
But uh, I became a fan of Gina Carano afterwards, and uh, and what's funny is she's super, super, super shy. I mean, completely shy. She actually covers her face in interviews uh, just because of how shy she is, which is just so funny. I love watching her interviews; they're they're hilarious. But uh, but yeah, Haywire, I finally got to got to see it. So if you want to read the full review, just go to the Facebook page and check that out. So all you Sin City lovers out there, the official date of number two coming out will be October fourth, two thousand thirteen, and the confirmed people in the film are going to be Mickey Rourke and Jessica Alba. They are going to make their return. Uh, that's about as much details as I have for that, but. The, uh, I believe the title is going to be Sin City A Dane to Kill For. So we shall see uh, how that uh, turns out. And then the Blu-ray of Avengers has actually been announced. It's coming out in September, believe it or not. And finally, the Avengers is actually coming out on DVD in September. Uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and uh, probably expect the special features to have good old uh, the extended clips that were cut from the movie. And we'll get the three-hour version. So let's move on to music news. Now, I only have two things for music right now. Uh, the first one is I love pre-orders. I actually just pre-ordered the new 12 Stone CD. And the cool thing is it actually is supposed to come out Tuesday. And instead, I got it yesterday. So I've got to hear the whole entire album and put it on my iPod and everything. So that's why I love pre-orders. It's flipping awesome. Usually, when you do a pre-order, you get the CD before it actually releases to the public so that's flipping awesome and then Donna Summer uh, actually from when I posted the last episode had shortly died uh, she actually died at age 63 Donna Summer Queen of Disco is often referred to unfortunately she has passed away and uh, so we wish her family and friends the best going through this hard time um, and of course usually when an artist passes away they bring out their CDs again, and of course, she's doing really well on the charts again, just like Whitney Houston did. So, uh, like I said, I'm saving pretty much most of my news for next week, because next week's going to be just a super fun Bad Boys episode I can't wait for. So that's all I have for movie and music news. Let's get into some quick TV news. You have too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. All right, and real quick in regards to TV news, um, as you can tell, if you are my friend on Facebook, I've been kind of upset in regards to the whole canceling uh, of certain shows, uh, primarily The Secret Circle and Ringer on The CW. Those were the only two new shows that I actually, well, that and Revenge were the only, those three shows were the new shows that I started to watch this year. And uh, and Revenge got picked up for a second season, which I knew it would because I heard that the ratings were crazy. And then, of course, uh, you know, Ringer, I really got into it by the third episode. Uh, you know, I, I was about ready to give up on it, but it started to, to pick up. And then The Secret Circle, my wife instantly fell in love with that show and became really, you know, just, just loved it. It got really, really good. Um, and Ringer, I, I did say, was the most satisfying cliffhanger I've ever seen before. And The Secret Circle, you know, obviously had its ending. And then I find out that it was canceled and I was pretty upset about it. And I think it's more the fact of it's not really the shows themselves. It's the fact of that... I, I, for the first time in a long time, I've sat down to watch a new show that, uh, you know, I took a chance on hoping that it would get renewed and two out of the three were canceled. And I'm just like now it's the point where I'm like, you know, what's the point? I should just pick a show that's been around for at least a season where I know it's going in season two and then I can pick it up. But of course, if you're not watching it, 
uh, then you then the show doesn't get picked up. So either way, I lose. So, uh, you know, Arrow has been officially announced on the CW. And, of course, they're not going to put Green in front of the title because Green Lantern failed. Uh, you know, and, and some, uh, Incredible Hulk failed by itself. So, uh, you know, they don't want to put the, the Green in front of the title. So I think it's pretty smart that they're sticking with the Arrow as the title. Now, uh, I personally won't, won't be watching that show. Really could care less. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans out there that are happy for this show. So good on you. Hope you enjoy it, but I'm skipping that one. I'm not watching any new shows this year. I could care less about new shows. I'm just kind of burned out with the whole new show stuff. So I'm just going to stick with the shows that I love and, and go from there. Supernatural's finale was awesome last night. Uh, that, that's a flipping cliffhanger, man. Oh, so damn good. Uh, but overall, though, you know, I just wanted to say about uh, I was very frustrated and bitter in regards to Ringer and Secret Circle being canceled. But uh, I think it's just more along the principle of it now of where I spent half a year dedicating my time to watching the show that I now don't get rewarded in seeing another season. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm over it. It's all good. So, you know, best of luck to the people involved. And hopefully you get to uh, have another show or, you know, career or whatever. So um, what can you do? Writing in and, and signing all the petitions aren't going to sh- save the show. So i just kind of given up on it. So really, um, that's all I have for TV news. So let's get into the review of Return to Oz. This summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. You'll share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen and the dreaded Gnome King. This is the Oz you haven't seen before. And this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Just fly back to Kansas. Return to Oz. All right, return to Oz time. Now, return to Oz. This is not the Wizard of Oz. This is Return to Oz. Now, if you're confused, the Wizard of Oz is the film that came out in 1964. This movie came out in 1985. It's an unofficial sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Um, it was directed by... Walter Murch, uh, he was a respected editor and sound designer. Um, and, of course, this movie did not do very well at the box office. It received some pretty crazy critic mixed reviews, and uh, it did gain a cult status. Uh, me, I've always considered this movie a horror film. Um, you know, it's a Walt Disney movie. And uh, and really, um, I've been I've always been scared of this movie. Uh, there's certain scenes that I can instantly think of that I would always get freaked out, creepy, ugh, just flat out scared. 
So I was like, you know, my wife and me, we were we were talking about some. Uh, she was talking about Dark Crystal, how like this is a kids movie and it, it's like a horror movie. I'm like, nothing beats the Return to Oz. I mean, that's supposed to be a kids movie, and then kids watch it and they run away crying out of the out of it. And that's how I was when I saw it. So I was very interested. I hadn't seen this in like I don't know, fifteen, sixteen years at least. So I was very interested to see. If uh, if I would have the same feelings that it was a horror film, and uh, surprisingly enough, uh, you know, I put it on last night because I finally got around to watching this movie, and uh, my kids see Walt Disney come on and they're like, "Hey, can we sit down and watch it?" And I was like, "This ought to be a pretty good experiment. I want to find out if they feel how I did as a kid." I said, "Sure," and they're like, "What is this? Is this that horror movie you were talking about?" I'm like, "No, it's not a horror movie. It's the uh, it's the Wizard of Oz. It's the part two of Wizard of Oz." And they're like, oh, okay, great. I definitely want to check it out. So needless to say, uh, you know, I had my nine-year-old next to me and then I had my three-year-old. So uh, there are certain parts that I kid you not, when I was like, that's creepy. My little one was just like, she's like, oh, she starts to do her scared voice and stuff. My nine-year-old, she actually, man, she has this one line that she says that I'll talk about in a minute when I get to it in the, uh, the certain scene. But when she pointed it out, I was like, that was some pretty good uh, thought, you know, pretty good thinking there when, when she came out with that. But uh, all in all, though, um, I've this is going to be pretty short just because, uh, again, not a lot of people have seen this film. And, uh, you know, I know it's not a, a humongous fan favorite film, but I, I've always enjoyed this film in regards to being scared of it. Now, I can tell you Wizard of Oz. That movie still freaks me out. The morgue, the werewolf, the wolf, whatever it is. I mean, I, I love the never-ending story. I watch it all the time, at least twice a year. And uh, that part still scares me to this day, man. I'm going to be 33 uh, in a couple of days, man. So I'm telling you, it uh, it still scares me. But the Return to Oz, surprisingly, um, I, I wasn't scared this time around. Um, there was a couple parts that were creepy. But I wouldn't say that I was actually scared. Um, I really watched it for what it was. And uh, and I have to admit, um, there was a lot of parts that I enjoyed. There was a couple parts where I was like, okay, that was pretty bad. But all in all, though, I'm going to go through that real quick. And, uh, and we'll get to all the good stuff. So essentially, this is um, Faruska Balk, um, which... You're more likely going to know her from the craft. Uh, she does a lot. Of, she's kind of scary looking now. Um, but uh, this was her very first film. She plays Dorothy, which surprisingly, Dorothy is actually a little tiny kid versus in Wizard of Oz. Uh, obviously, she's not a little kid in that movie. So uh, there's some sim- similarities in the film. I mean, obviously, uh, you have Dorothy and Total Ruby Slippers and you have... Uh, scarecrow but uh, there's no music uh, in this film Uh, there's score but there's no music in other words there's no musicals you know like somewhere over the rainbow that kind of thing i mean this is just a plain off uh, movie Uh, really uh, if you've never even seen wizard of oz i mean you'd have a hard time obviously watching this movie but for people who love wizard of oz would probably have a hard time following this movie for me you know, I'm not a big musical person, so for me, it didn't bother me for the fact that there wasn't any, you know, musical numbers in this. And really, <laughs> I mean, there really couldn't be because this movie's pretty dark. I mean, no doubt about it. I, it's it's pretty dark. So, 
let's get into the plot. So six months after Dorothy returns home from Oz, uh, she's a child now who can't sleep. She's obsessed with the memories of Oz. Her Auntie Em and Uncle Henry, uh, of course, played by different people, um, you know, are concerned for her. Uh, they don't believe her. And uh, they're at risk of their um, they're at risk of foreclosure after that tornado hit. So they decide that they want to take her to this doctor. And the doctor's name is Dr. Worley, known for his electric healing treatments. Uh, and before going, Dorothy, you know, while looking hopefully for some uh, eggs uh, by her favorite chicken, Belinda, uh, because Belen- Belina, I should say, uh, she was not producing, um, they find this key. And it's got like Oz written on top of it, which is a pretty cool key. Uh, she believes that it's her friends from Oz that sent her, um, sent it to her because she saw a shooting star the night before. So Annie M actually leaves Dorothy um, at this Doctor Worley's laboratory under the care of this Nurse Wilson. Which you'll, when you see the nurse, you'll realize she is the nasty lady that we deal with later on in the film. A uh, real scary looking lady. Uh, and as she is taken to have the treatment, um, there's this big thunderstorm. And the lab blacks out. And Dorothy actually gets saved by this mysterious blonde girl. Uh, she reveals that she's like um, she's like a patient there. And that uh, the patients have been driven insane by these treatments. And you know and that they're hidden in the basement. Because it's essentially electric shock therapy is what they're doing to Dorothy. So what they would be doing to Dorothy if she didn't escape. So they escape the building. North, uh, the nurse actually catches them, uh, tries to chase after them, but Dorothy and the blonde, they actually fall into a river. Uh, the blonde actually vanishes underwater, so you presume she's dead. And then Dorothy uh, wakes up, um, and she has her good old uh, Belina uh, chicken talking to her. So she's like, uh, I must be at Oz, I would assume. So a couple things have changed uh, since the last time she was in Oz. For one, the good old yellow brick road, uh, it's ruined. I mean, it's totally destroyed. Uh, you know, it leads to, those of you who don't remember, it leads to the Emerald City. Well, now the Emerald City is now in ruins. Uh, it's missing all of its emeralds. Uh, and it also has uh, the citizens included in there, um, like people, they're turned to stone. Uh, surprisingly, uh, they don't call Tin Man Tin Man in this movie. They call him the Tin Woodsman. So I think they had a, I don't know, maybe legal issue and not being able to say it. But he's referred to in this film as the Tin Woodsman and the Cowardly Lion. They've been turned to stone. Of course, they look nothing like they do in Return in Wizard of Oz. So um, they get pursued by these freaky dudes, the wheelers. Uh, man, these guys, man. I mean, these guys, uh, they have wheels for hands and feet, real scary-looking dudes. They got this crazy laugh. Take, like, the Jack Nicholson Joker laugh, mix with the Heath Ledger laugh, put it together, and then crank it up to 100, and that's the laugh of the wheelers. That's essentially these crazy guys. One of the biggest reasons why this movie is a flipping horror film uh, or – as I thought it was a horror film, I should say. Uh, I'll get into that, uh, why some of it could be relevant, but why now, really, I don't think it's a horror film. Um, so they get pursued by the wheelers, and, I mean, the dudes are like, they're going to kill her. I mean, they flat out say, we're going to kill you. So right off the bat, not really a kid's film. You know what I'm saying? So Dorothy actually uh, is able to to hide away from the wheelers, 
Uh, and by doing so, because of that key that was found earlier, it it takes her into like the secret room because uh, Belina's like, hey, use the key in it. And therefore, it takes her behind this wall and that's how she's able to escape from the wheelers. And by doing so, she meets this really cool guy, uh, this mechanical clockwork guy named TikTok. I flipping love this guy. He's awesome. He's not alive. He's just a machine, but he's got to be constantly wound up uh, in order for his mind to work, his uh, actions to work, his speaking to work, so on and so forth. Now, TikTok explains that uh, the king, which Scarecrow was now listed as the king of Oz, he's been missing and, and he's actually captured by this new ruler. His name is the Gnome King. Now, uh, the three of them, they go to visit this uh, this witch. Her name is Mombi. You find out that she's a head-exchanging witch. Again, this is why I've, you know, I've had the argument of it's a flipping horror film. The, the lady takes, she cuts off people's heads and then switches her head uh, to other heads. And uh, it's, it's jacked up. So anyways, um, they go to, uh, they go to Mombi uh, for more information, which she is Nurse Wilson from previously. And uh, she, they actually all get imprisoned and uh, because she wants Dorothy to grow old enough to where she can cut off her head and then use it for her own head. So imprisoned Dorothy uh, Bel- uh, Belina and TikTok, they meet this new guy, Jack Pumpkinhead. Uh, really cool. I mean, the guy's like eight feet tall. Uh, he's made of tree limbs and he's got a pump, uh, pumpkin for a head. Uh, this character's he's good times. Now, Jack actually refers to Dorothy as his mom uh, because he can't find his mom. And he actually tells Dorothy that he was able to come to life from this powder of life, which uh, is actually in cabinet 31 or head 31 so in order for them to escape dorothy gets this plan where if they take this gump uh it's a head of a moose uh like animal and they put it to this sofa uh some palm um like palm big feathers uh and rope and they use this uh they use this powder of life then they can basically escape. So we get a really intense, creepy scene where uh, they have to put it together and Dorothy has to go uh, and get the key. So first thing she does, she goes to the body. She uh, she takes the key off the hand and luckily the, the body rolls over. So she got it off just in the nick of time. So then she's got to go to cabinet 31, which when she opens the door is the flipping nurse, uh, nurse's head. And then she wakes up and she's like, Dorothy Gale. And she's oh, it's so creepy. And she starts screaming and Dorothy is running with the body coming at her while you get this intense music. And then the body's trying to attach itself to the head. So you get a really good intense scene. And of course, uh, they're able to put the uh, put the the gump together and, and be able to fly off just in enough time before she breaks in and captures them. So, of course, you know, they're able to escape and uh, they actually fly across the deadly desert, which was earlier talked about in the film where if you touch this desert, you automatically turn into sand and then you fall apart and you die. So uh, the Gump is flying, his body falls apart while he's airborne and the group lands on the Gnome King's mountain. Now the Gnome King brings Dorothy into his domain and argues that the Scarecrow stole all the emeralds from the from his kingdom and he built the Emerald City and uh, Dorothy and the Scarecrow actually reunite briefly but the Gnome King turns Scarecrow into an ornament and then he hides him among his large collection. Now the Gnome King 
think Rockbiter from the Neverending Story is what this guy looks like, uh, but but worse. The Gnome King he offers Dorothy a chance to locate the Scarecrow, and he's got to play this game, uh, which you you go in, you say Oz to three different things, and by the third time, if you guess wrong, you get turned into an ornament as well. Now, of course, the Gnome King doesn't actually explain this until the Gump is the first one to go in. He doesn't come out. And then he explains to him, well, he turned into an ornament, you know, and she goes, well, that's not fair. And he goes, you never asked. So you're going to notice, though, is that the Gnome King goes from much rock biter look to human. And that's something I never realized before, that uh, as people are turning into emeralds and uh, ornaments, he becomes more human. That's the whole purpose of why he wants to do this. So TikTok, uh, he is the in a, the course um, the Gnome King. He and he looks like Doctor Worley from the beginning of the film, which one of the Orleys was actually one of the main uh, wheelers. So it's pretty cool how everybody you know kind of works in just like it did in Wizard of Oz originally. So TikTok comes up with this great plan. He he goes in, but he pretends that his gear has run down in order for Dorothy to go in and wind him up. But before Dorothy goes in, the Gnome King actually reveals that it you know it's her fault that everything happened because uh, because of her. Because she went back to Kansas, she lost the ruby slippers, and he was able to use the ruby slippers to conquer the Emerald City. Now, here's what's funny: you get to see this guy, this kind of this big looking guy, uh, looking like the Rock Biter got a big old pipe coming out of his mouth and he comes out with these red ruby slippers. It's kind of funny and kind of weird looking when you when you see it, but you know back in the 80s I guess they really didn't care about that kind of stuff. So so Dorothy proceeds to go in there, find TikTok. And, uh, and that's when TikTok, TikTok explains this great plan, which I thought was awesome, where basically he pretended to be run down so that way Dorothy could see him do his final guess and see what he turned into. So that way Dorothy would be able to find, uh, to find the ornaments easily. But of course, the Gnome King, being the smart guy that he is, makes it turn black as soon as he is turned so Dorothy could not see what he turned into. So what's kind of funny about this scene is I asked my daughter, I said, can you tell which one is going to be the one that they need to do? So she starts throwing out some guesses. So by the third time around, you know, this is Dorothy's last guess. And she does the little spin around with the with the eyes closed. And she's like, it's the green one. It's the green one. And sure enough, uh, you know, she picks up the green ornament, says Oz. And that's when Scarecrow comes back to life. So then, uh, So then the Scarecrow and Dorothy, they begin to restore the others by finding all the green ornaments. Now, the Gnome King, he actually traps Mombi in a cage because her and the wheelers, they try to go to the, you know, to warn him about Dorothy, and he's like, she's already here, you know, and he gets pissed off because of the fact that she guessed right, and now he is becoming, uh, he's no longer human, he's going back to being like the rock biter kind of look. And uh, so he gets pissed off, he puts her in a cage for being a failure, and then uh, he starts to he starts to just destroy the place. Now the cool thing is is that there's this running joke about chickens. You know, is that a chicken? You know, all this stuff like that. Well, the thing is, chickens are deadly. Uh, you find that out because the Gnome King he starts to eat. He actually grabs uh, the Gump and he's going to eat him. But luckily, they pulled his head off, so that way he the Gnome King only ate his body. So he try he tries to eat Jack next. Now. Uh, Belina is actually inside Jack's head and she gets freaked out. She's about ready to go in his mouth and she lays an egg. The egg goes inside of his mouth. 
kills them. And, uh, and that's the purpose of why they hate chickens is because it actually kills the Gnome King. So, uh, so yeah, he essentially dies. And then we get uh, kind of about another 10-minute scene where Dorothy finds the red slippers and she wishes that the Emerald City is returned to normal uh, for her and her friends to escape. So the Emerald City, you know, goes back to being the way it was. There's this, like, victory celebration. So Dorothy spots the girl who helped her escape from the hospital in Kansas. She's actually Princess Ozma. And it's uh, actually Jack's real mom. Um, She's the long-lost creator. And she's actually the rightful ruler of Oz uh, because she's been enchanted into the mirror. She was enchanted into the mirror by Mombi originally uh, throughout the film. But, uh, of course, she takes the place on the throne. Dorothy hands over the red slippers, and Mombi gets imprisoned. So Ozma then actually invites Dorothy to visit Oz anytime she likes uh, before sending her home on one condition, that uh, Ozma will actually be able to check in on Dorothy from time to time, make sure she's okay, and, of course, Dorothy agrees. So Ozma uh, promises that Dorothy, uh, Dorothy's wish uh, is granted, that she can return to Oz whenever she wants. And then uh, Dorothy says goodbye to all of her friends. She disappears in like this uh, white, big, flashy white light. Uh, goes back home to Kansas. Dorothy is located uh, on the river bank by her family, which is pretty cool. So Annie M, you know, reveals that uh, the Worley's hospital was struck by lightning and it was burned down. And uh, Dr. Worley actually got killed in the fire. And, uh, and that they had gone back to rescue his machines. And that uh, the nurse, which of course is, you know... Uh, the nice Mombi. Uh, she's actually carried away in this prison cart uh, similar to the one that Mombi was trapped in, which is pretty cool. So they go back to the farmhouse. Dorothy actually does see uh, Belina and Ozma in the mirror uh, because Belina stayed back, of course. Uh, and then Dorothy, uh, she wants at first Annie M to come check it out. But then Ozma, you know, silently tells her, you know, be quiet, keep it a secret. And then, uh, and then Dorothy and Toto, they go outside to play, and that's kind of how the movie ends. So really, movie, uh, movie had a real small budget, 25, uh, 25 million. It only made 11 million. So obviously, this was not a very popular film. Uh, now, I'm not the only one who felt that uh, this film was kind of jacked up. Uh, some of the movie critics, um, there was actually a review that said, children are sure to be startled by the film's uh, Blinkless, which came from the New York Times, uh, Janet Maslin. Uh, now, from uh, Dave, uh, uh, Dave Keir from the Chicago Reader actually said it's a bleak, creepy, and occasionally terrifying uh, film. So, I mean, there were other actual legitimate reviewers that thought that this film was pretty hardcore or, you know, kind of dark and grim, which I, I definitely agree that the film has some dark qualities. I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, they talk about killing Dorothy and everybody's turned to stone. We have uh, we have people with heads cut off and we have a witch that changes heads. Uh, and then we have the, the deadly sand where people fall. The wheelers are just flipping ridiculously creepy as is. So you throw all that in and then you have a kid watch this. They're going to have nightmares for life, which is what I did. Uh, but my nine-year-old actually loved the movie and she's actually uh, watching it again. Uh, she... She didn't get scared at all. It was my three-year-old that actually did. But uh, there's this one scene that um, when uh, when Dorothy uh, tries to leave her room uh, and earlier um, the nurse, which 
is mommy. She closes the door. So we're talking like a good three minutes later. Uh, Dorothy opens the door and you see her at the end of the hall walking. And my daughter says, if it took her that long to walk down a hallway, she has some serious problems. And I just started busting up laughing. I thought that was absolutely hilarious that my daughter caught that. So now a couple of things I really like. Um, I like the... Uh, <laughs> When uh, Dorothy is on her way to the doctor and you see little Toto, he's trying to attach himself to the to the horse and carriage and Dorothy just yells at him to go home, go home. And he just sits there uh, just howling away. Um, I really love the Toto in this film. Uh, he's just he's some good times. Um, I, the camera work, really the color reminded me like I was watching John Carpenter's Halloween. I mean, the color texture. Uh, and the cinematography looked just like Halloween. I mean, it was pretty crazy. A lot of scenes I was like, I feel like I was watching Halloween. It was, And that's probably one of the reasons why I got such a crazy, crazy vibe off of this. Uh, now, the uh, there's a lot of bad um, screen effects. Like, for example, when Dorothy shows up at Oz and she looks at the Emerald City, you can clearly tell it's a painting. I mean, it's a pretty bad painting, I might add. I mean, you could just totally tell it was a painting, which was a bad thing. And you really get that on the long shots, uh, mostly of the Emerald City and things like that. But there's a couple times where you could really tell it was a painting. And then there's other times where the special effects were really good, like when the rocks would be spying on Dorothy. Uh, I mean, it was all like claymation almost, but it looked really, really good. I mean, it was like... Uh, it looked bad, but it looked good at the same time. It's really hard to explain. The effects really work well in certain scenes and in other scenes they don't. And really the scenes that don't really work are like the faraway shots of Dorothy looking at Emerald City and you can tell it's a painting. Um, certain sky scenes look pretty bad. But all in all though, the Gnome King scenes look really good. Um, I really enjoy... I really enjoy the rocks, the way that they look and smile. Like when this one rock reports to the Gnome King, it's all like red. It's It looks like he's in hell. You see like the fire in the background and he's just talking about how Dorothy is here above. And, and he starts like, and there's a chicken. And, you know, it's just the way that they talk and the way the, the it looks, the claymation stuff. I flip and love it. looks good stuff, especially for today's date. I mean, this film is definitely dated, uh, not aged well, but... Uh, for the time that the movie was made, I think it was good. Um, I, I can really enjoy this film for what it is. I mean, is this a masterpiece? By no means is it a masterpiece. I mean, uh, is this movie better than Wizard of Oz? Of course it's not better than Wizard of Oz. But is it a horrible sequel? It is not a horrible sequel. I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of uh, another cool scenes, a couple of different scenes I like were the whole head scene. Uh, that scene is just still intense. When I think of Return to Oz, I immediately think of Dorothy trying to take the uh, key off of the body and then going to Cabinet 31 head to get the powder and the head comes to life and then the body's trying to attach itself to the head and the music plays and it's just a very uh, it's probably one of the few action scenes in the film but it worked the suspense really builds very well for this scene it was really done well and really freaky um, the wheelers as I mentioned I mean the wheelers did a good job I mean it was mostly one guy is the guy that really talked and just had the crazy laugh but those guys were just crazy on them wheels man real freaky uh, I really think if this movie was remade it could be done pretty awesome 
I really do. I think it'd be pretty, oh, just so good. TikTok, I really enjoyed TikTok. He was my favorite. Jack was Jack was good, but TikTok was solid throughout the whole film. Uh, he was very enjoyable. Uh, he was definitely a character you wish would have been in the original Wizard of Oz. Uh, I really, really enjoyed TikTok. I thought it was some good, good times. Um, and the, uh, as I mentioned before about the ruby slippers look kind of weird on the Gnome King. Uh, just when you watch the scene, it just you just got to kind of laugh at it, seeing ruby slippers on this big guy. It's just so funny. Now, as far as like one-liners, there's very little one-liners in this film. And surprisingly, they come from one person and one person only, and that's the Gump. Uh, well, actually, TikTok makes one joke where uh, Dorothy, this is when Dorothy is trying to tell uh, TikTok uh, the whole plan about escaping. And uh, and Jack tells TikTok, do you understand the plan? And TikTok says, I understand it better than you do. Uh, and just the way he says it was kind of funny. Uh, but really, the, the gump or, you know... He has a bunch of funny stuff like if I had a stomach, this is when I would be sick when they're flying up in the air. And uh, and then when they crash, he's like, you know, I may not have a body, but what's the point of continuing on? I mean, he has he doesn't have a lot of one liners, but he's really the one that has the funny things to say in the film, which is uh, which is kind of surprising. But all in all, though, um, I don't really have too much more to say about the film that uh if you're a big fan of Wizard of Oz, you're going to hate this film because of the fact of everybody's change. I mean, the, the Cowardly Lion looks dumb. The Scarecrow looks horrible. Uh, the Tin Man looks horrible. Um, but Dorothy, she's solid all the way, all the way through. I mean, she's excellent in the film, but of course she's not She's not Judy Garland. She doesn't sing. Um, there's no. There's really no song in the film, no theme song. It's just a score. Um, you're really not going to love the film. Uh, if you, if you, you know, enjoy Wizard of Oz like myself, you can enjoy this film. You know, me personally, I would watch this film over the Wizard of Oz because of the fact that I'm not a big musical person, but I appreciate and respect the Wizard of Oz. And, uh, and I know it's a humongous film and, uh, and I don't necessarily think that this movie really kind of craps all over the name of wizard of oz but i can see why people don't like the film and why it's not not that you know not that big so i'd give it three stars i mean it's a it's a good three star average movie for me um i i couldn't give it below three and i couldn't give it after i have changed my aspect in regards to the fact of it i wouldn't consider it a horror movie now because when i actually ran the movie i went to the guy and said why is this in the family section this should be in the horror film section uh, i do recognize its creepy factor which the wheelers uh the the whole scene where she's about ready to get electric shocked uh, uh, which is real creepy. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of creepiness uh, in this film than there are scary parts. It's just very creepy, uh, especially headless people and and the scene with the 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 best scene in this film is Dorothy trying to get the key and in the head. That scene is just flipping awesome. I I recommend that if you don't watch this movie, at least go into YouTube and type in the scene "Return to Oz Dorothy." Uh, Dorothy gets key or something like that uh, or, or Dorothy goes to cabinet 31 something like that to where it'll pull this scene and just watch that scene I mean it's flipping awesome it's the best scene of the film 
uh, it's good times. Uh, all in all, yeah, it's I, like I said, my review wasn't going to be too big on this one, uh, just because not a lot of people know this film. And uh, but I I do say that uh, it is a good rewatch if you have not watched this in a long time. Uh, throw it in your DVD player. Uh, I definitely say anybody under the age of nine would not dig this film and be scared. But I say anybody over nine could probably handle it and just recognize the creepy factor. So let's get into what the STL Nation had to say. Alright, our first email comes from uh, Anthony the Epic E. Miller. And uh, he goes on to say, Hey there again, Masunis. Apparently you haven't gotten that many emails for the upcoming episode. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my brief thoughts here. Are, here is my opinion. To say that Return to Oz is different than The Wizard of Oz is an understatement. Both movies are almost night and day of each other. You could almost consider it two separate movies if it wasn't for the mentioning references spread throughout the sequel, which I, I agree with that statement 100%. Haven't seen Return to Oz uh, in a while, but from what I remember, uh, it's different to say the least. Not saying that being different was good or bad, but I can say that it was an interesting way of somewhat of a sequel to what is unquestionably a classic movie. The new characters were interesting choices. They were unique and did a decent job in keeping from being considered just replacements from those in the first movie. Perhaps my favorite would be TikTok. Uh, is this a movie that you that you should watch? Maybe just say that you've seen it and at the same time better appreciate Wizard of Oz. I would rate it a two and a half out of five. Again, it's not a movie that I would really run out to see, but one at least consider checking out. That's pretty much all from my email. Sorry if the link doesn't uh, meet up to the epic email or monkey that I've been given, but uh, be will be interesting to see what you have to say about the movie. Until whenever I email again, see ya, Anthony, the epic emailer. So thank you, sir. Always a great time to hear from you. And, uh, you know, don't worry about the not super long because you could tell I didn't do a super long review on this. So uh, the next email comes from Sebastian. He goes, hello, Sweep Delay Podcast. I give Return to Oz a two and a half star. Uh, I find that the new Scarecrow uh, to be creepy looking and uh, wouldn't Dorothy have nightmares about him long after the adventure? Uh, and that's all Sebastian had to say. Uh, I know I doubt that she would have nightmares about him because this is all supposed to take place in the same universe. So technically he's supposed to still look the same. So, uh, and the next one comes from John, the mailman and, uh, John, the mailman has been an advocate of this film. So, uh, so I'm, I'm happy, sir, that we can finally deliver this film to you. He said, what's up, Mike? Uh, after a week of trying to watch this movie, I finally got to rewatch it. I had to wake up at 5 a.m., but got it done. I hear you. It took me over a week to watch this as well. Every time I went to watch this movie, something would happen. I couldn't do it, which hence the reason why this is taking forever to get to you guys. This movie gets a little scary about 15 minutes in. The whole hospital scene is a bit much like the scene from a horror movie, which that's when I started to feel like the camera uh, and the color was that reminiscent of John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, and I hear you. That's when it starts to get creepy. Um, and then the wheelers are a little over the top. I uh, didn't get any better once they got to the head of rooms uh, and Mombi's plan to take Dorothy's head. Uh, freaky. TikTok is cool, but having him run down whenever you need him, that sucks. And Jack Pumpkinhead. The name fits and he's such a mama's boy. 
Now, Belina never stops talking, but had some good one-liners. Uh, looks like a rough trip. Uh, wonder what he, wonder what his thinking. A- and that couch doesn't look too safe to fly in. Laugh out loud. I like the talking rocks and the occasional chi- uh, check-in with the boss, Noam King. The guessing game was fun, which I agree. That guessing game was pretty cool and something different. The last fight was cool with the A killing him was hot. <laughs> Those people are lucky that they got their hands back at the end. Uh, could have been a mess. Oh, that they got their heads back at the end. That could have been a mess. All in all, I like it and as freaky and it's as freaky as ever. Uh, and for a movie that should be all over the place, it keeps it simple and doing its thing. Four out of five stars. I mean, the little girl was kind of out there, uh, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, the little girl was kind of out of nowhere, and some stuff does not hold up. Uh, but it was still good. Uh, I think, yeah, he's referring to the to the blonde. Uh, uh, but you know, it's supposed to. She's been looking out for her for Dorothy the whole time, which I don't think. I think that was. I think that was fine. Uh, a funny movie to look back on with some friends. Can't wait for the show. John the Mailman considers email delivered. So yeah, I hear you, sir. I mean, the film definitely. Um, I can change my mind and say that it's not a horror movie anymore, but it's definitely creepy. Uh, I guess if I was to put this on my shelf about, would this be a family film? No way. I mean, I could not, you know, uh, I don't know. I could not put in the family film section, but I could definitely put it in like the, uh, man, I don't know, man. Part of me wants to put it in this, you know, in, in the horse section, but it's just, it's such a twist. Uh, there's some parts that are family friendly, but most of it is just creepy. So this is a really hard one to decide. Really, really is. Um, I mean, my opinion though, it's just, I mean, there's no like blood and guts or anything like that, but the whole creep factor, I mean, it's a really good, uh, I'm just so confused on, on how I would label this film because it's just so creepy, but it's a but it's a Walt Disney kids film, so I don't know. Uh, I I I guess the creepy factor is how I would do it. So take a creepy movie, create a category, and that's where Return to Oz fits. So, and uh, our last email comes from uh, John John the Music Man. He said, "Hello, STL. Well, I have to admit, this is one movie I have no desire to see. So after hearing the review, let's see if I change my mind. Now, just to stay in good standings with the STL Nation, what TV shows I am most looking forward to this summer would be Teen." wolf which i agree i love teen wolf falling skies burn notice which me as well and warehouse 13 uh, my wife watches warehouse 13 uh, i've never actually seen it nor have i seen falling skies there are others but those are the ones i cannot wait to see well time to put the headphones back on and listen to some fly leaf from a friend's recommend which that friend would be myself i recommended fly leaf because they're an awesome band uh definitely definitely different and uh, he is digging them. So is Monday Night Jason as well. So that is all the emails that we have from the STL Nation. So let's go ahead and get into the music spotlight. Here comes the ready and not. Here comes the boys from the sound. Here comes the ready and not. How you like me now, I say. Here comes the boom, ready and not. Here comes the boys from the sound. Here comes the boom, ready and not. All 
right, music spotlight time. Now, I am very excited for the music spotlight because I mentioned on Facebook that uh, I am going to be doing a summer music spotlight series. And here is the information on how that's going to work. So, you know, it's warm out, you know, and summer is definitely right around the corner. For me, I'm throwing my air in because it's flipping hot over here. And, uh, and summertime music. Summertime music is the fun roll down your windows, and blast your radio kind of music. Uh, And I mean, there's so many different kind of summer songs. I mean, there's like Boys of Summer. There's uh, Summer of 69. Uh, You know, California Girls from, you know, Katy Perry. I mean, there's every year there's at least a new song that comes out. uh, You know, Party in the USA from Miley Cyrus. I mean, there's just so many songs that are summertime. I mean, even Will Smith had a song that just uh, was called Summertime. And summertime songs are supposed to be the, uh, you know, the feel good, uh, just jam out kind of tunes. So that is what I'm going to be doing the next couple of weeks, uh, preferably 10, uh, probably till the end of the Batman series. Uh, I'm going to be doing two music spotlight songs, uh, and they're all summer. Now, when I mean by summer related, these are songs that are in my personal playlist that when I go out in the summertime with my kids and I roll down the windows and I blast my stereo, these are the tunes that I play. Now, here's what's cool. I'm going to be picking one song that, uh, that I jam to a lot that maybe not a whole lot of people have heard of. And then I'm going to pick as the second song is going to be a song that everybody knows. I mean, it's like a humongous famous song that there's no doubt on the face of the planet you've never heard it before. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Something new, something old uh, as the running theme of the next couple of weeks or should I say 10 uh, music spotlight summer series and I'm pretty excited for it I got some really good tunes picked out so far and uh, it's going to be some good good times now however due to the fact of not a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode that's really going to start next week on the bad boys episode because I know people are going to be checking that out and then I'll kind of do a, a high level recap of, of what I'm going to be doing but for this episode uh, there's something special that I want to share with you guys now uh, I was uh, I was searching um, one of the songs that I have for the summer series. I went to look for it on YouTube because um, I don't know I just couldn't find it on my iPod. And I found this particular YouTube video that had four songs, and the song that I was looking for was in there. And three other bands showed up, and there's this one particular song that I immediately loved. So I checked it out, uh, and I checked out you know I, I listened to the other tunes, and I was like, holy crap. This is awesome. So uh, I found it by accident, and this band is like so good. I just actually reviewed this on the Facebook page. Uh, the name of the band is Icon for Hire. Real funny, uh, kind of real creative name. And something I was going to say, though, about the uh, about the Summer Series Music Spotlight. Um, I'm not going to name the particular artist of these songs. I may give you clues like, okay, here's the name of the artist, but the title of this song you'll have to figure out. The following week, I'll go back and tell you the information on those songs because of the fact of I just want you just to listen, get a get an unbiased opinion of, of listening to new stuff, and then next week we can talk about it kind of thing. But this week, uh, really, these two songs are tremendous, like, 
anthem party songs. I mean, like Roll Down Your Windows and Blast Them Out. They're awesome. Uh, I'm going to play you the two songs that got me into the band. And then when I picked up the CD, I was introduced to the other tunes. And I actually gave this a, a 10 out of 10 perfect score because uh, the, this band is like if you take uh, punk, power pop, uh, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, Evanescence, Paramore, um, and you uh, and you had no doubt, uh, and you just if they were to like to create a band, this was the band that you got. Uh, there's actually some electronica and some video game uh, music in the background, and I'm they every song they have is just amazing. It's a non-skippable CD, which means that you play from track one to track twelve. You never want to skip it. But uh, the first song and the second song, uh, these two are awesome. These are the two songs that I got into the band from, and I hope you enjoy it. It is flipping awesome. The title of the songs are Make a Move and uh, Going Up in Flames. Uh, Good stuff, man. Awesome. So I hope you dig these tunes. Please check them out. Please listen to them. I guarantee that you will get enjoyment out of them, especially for you guys out there that are just kind of uh, in your car chilling, listening to this. This should help you roll down your windows and jam. So that is it for the Music Spotlight. Please stick around, listen to them, and give me your feedback. I hope you dig it and love it just as much as I do. And uh, also... The uh, iTunes review uh, was awesome, but I'm going to save that for the next episode during because I know I'll get a lot of emails for bad boys. So I'm going to save that for uh, for that episode so everybody can hear the iTunes review. But uh, I thank you and appreciate the iTunes review. If you uh, if you have not gone out already, please do so. Uh, and then other exciting news for those of you who don't know, uh, my good buddy Jason, good old Jason from Flicks Film and Focus, Shadow, uh, you know, show me to Winston. He's gonna come on the show. You know, we talked on Buried about coming back to do a fun show. Well, we're gonna be doing Batman and Robin. And uh, I mean, what 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 other fun can you have outside of that? And we all know his Arnold impersonations are priceless. Uh, we are currently working on a schedule for that, so it could be at any moment in time. So please go watch Batman and Robin and send in your emails because we could be recording that episode any day. Because yeah, I'm gonna be going out of order on the Batman series, but that's the way we do it on this show. We go out of order and we break the rules because that's how it's done. So I'll also give you guys a recap of that next week. But I just want to give you a heads up now if you are listening please go watch the crappy uh batman and robin and send in your emails on that because we're going to have some fun with that movie and uh you'll probably be surprised we probably won't be ripping on it as much as uh kind of talking about how because of this movie we got the awesome batman movies that we have today uh it's going to be a good times and uh, i'm looking forward to it if you want to write in it's uh, sweepdelaypodcastyahoo.com. If you want to follow on Twitter, it's STL Podcast. And then uh, make sure you check out the Facebook group, the STL Podcast, uh, the STL Nation Randomness. And, uh, and then make sure you leave an iTunes review or rating, please. So that's it, guys. I will catch you next week. That should be coming to you Friday or Saturday, which gives you plenty of time to watch Bad Boys. And go ahead and send in your review and emails on that. So you guys take care. Masunas out. Everyone started out a little insane, but we learned pretty quick how to fake it.